Welcome to Talk About the D, the DCOM podcast where we watch all DCOMs and see what they're about, or in my case, watch them for the first time and see if they're any good. I'm Emily Keen, and as always, I have my co-host Lizzie Goodman here. Hi, Lizzie. Hey, how are you, Emily? I'm good. I'm good. Happy New Year. Oh, to you as well. You and yours. <laughs> uh, we have a special returning guest, Mr. Hunter Karras. Hi, Hunter. Hi, Keen. Oh, I feel so special. <laughs> That's right. Hunter Biden is here, everybody. Give it up for Hunter I, Biden. I said here, his full name. And I'm yeah. here to reveal everything on the laptop. <laughs> That's right. In the new year, we are pivoting to become a full political podcast. <laughs> Spoiler <laughs> alert, I'm angle, actually but... a merman. <laughs> That's right. It's a new year. So we are doing the 13th year. Bit of yeah. Little mer- yeah, little we merman are. Merman for 2021. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can't believe oh. you guys have been doing this podcast for 13 years now. This is just what a milestone. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Congratulations. While we were still in high school. <laughs> Hunter, I thought you were going to say something serious, which is that <laughs> we've been doing this podcast for a long time now, and this is our the first time we've done the 13th year obviously and it is our in my opinion it is the last of the heavy hitters um of the xenon brink smart house this is the last one so it's the end of an era in some ways and i'm glad you were you're both here for it with me this was one of my favorites as a kid uh so Mm -hmm. i'm really i was it was so much fun to revisit it and uh it's way different now in 2020, that's for sure. <laughs> Hunter, what did you um, like about this movie? Why do you think so many people remember it so strongly? And why specifically do you uh, remember it strongly? You know, I could not put my finger on it why this one in particular stuck with me. I think it was just, for one, it was one of those that's like evergreen. They could play it year round, so... You know, mm-hmm. back back mm-hmm. in the day, we just watched whatever they told us to watch. We didn't have streaming and could just mm-hmm. choose to watch our DCOMs of choice. So, uh, <laughs> you know, we just had to go with it. But rewatching it now, I realize that this is a familiar structure that has become one of the most profitable film genres <laughs> in television or uh, television and film over the last uh, two decades. Of course, I mean by that, a superhero movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And yeah, I hadn't thought about it like that. But what's yeah. crazier, crazy about that, like specifically the origin movie, and this movie coming out in 99 predates that formula appearing in like Sam Raimi's Spider-Man and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, so many others that would follow that same trope. So I'm here to ask the big questions of, have all those movies really just been crimping from the 13th year? <laughs> That's the, that is the question, perhaps. That's the question of the decade, I would venture to say. And when do well, we get COVID and our man in, in the Avengers? This came out in 1999. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I'm trying to think out of those superhero movies. 
when did they sort of start? Uh, 2000 was the 2000. beginning of the era that, of what we know now. That's when uh, the first X-Men movie came out. Sam Raimi's okay. Spider-Man was 2002. Um, and that was really the first time that we saw this particular origin story, you know, uh, beat for beat, where, you know, you start off with, with the kid, they're in their normal life. Uh, something happens where they start to get these superpowers. They have this nerd friend that usually is usually a part of it that helps them mm -hmm. discover it. Mm -hmm. They've got to keep it a secret from the girlfriend. The powers start to manifest <laughs> themselves, and sometimes it's uh, to their benefit. Other times they get into some crazy hijinks, and then uh, somewhere into it, the best friend's father turns out to be the main <laughs> villain of the piece. Me, uh, I go off. Wow. And this, wow. And before this, as far as superhero films, we had had the Batman films of the 90s and the Superman films of the 70s, neither of which really did this uh, sort of origin story. Donner, Superman, yeah. maybe a little bit uh, with the whole like baby found by two parents. Uh, it's very reminiscent of the Superman story, which itself mm -hmm. is the Moses story, uh, which, you know, where we see at the beginning of the film. <laughs> You know, little baby mm -hmm. Cody dropped off by his mermaid mom. <laughs> I'm just telling yeah. you, all the beats are there. You're right, Hunter. I kind of, I like understood it, <laughs> but the level to which you are, the accuracy that this that this movie follows, the tropes, is actually, like, fascinating. <laughs> um, well, before we dive too deep into how this is the catalyst for the modern superhero movie, <laughs> um... Lizzie, do you want to tell us quickly what, what is this movie about? Hunter just pretty much covered it. Uh, <laughs> mermaid mom drops a baby off on a boat. Uh, didn't mean to, but she was fleeing from um, from a, a boat that was chasing her. And uh, she loses her son, who ends up being Cody, who is on the swim team at school. And he turns 13 um, and he starts turning into a, a, a mer person. Um, mostly through like scales on his hands and um, you know forearms and he can generate electricity and he meets a nerd named Jess whose father is the uh, mermaid obsessed fisherman who was giving chase to Cody's mom 13 years ago um, but just by happenstance and Jess helps him discover that he's turning into a mermaid and then his parents get in on it. And then the girlfriend, Courtney Draper, um, finally gets in on it. And um, he's in denial about it. In fact, he has to, uh, he's he's torn because every time he gets wet, these scales appear on his arms. But he, um, he has to swim to prove himself to Sean the bully, I guess, <laughs> to beat Sean the bully. And um, eventually his... He uh, needs to return to the sea because he's turning into a human fish and his mom is there to guide him. And um, the through telepathy, the mermaid mom promises Cody's adoptive mom that she will have him back by the time school starts, which could be in could be in a week, could be in a couple months. We don't really know. And Cody goes to be a mermaid with his mom and he's going to live a mermaid human life apparently like a selkie and did i miss anything no you you pretty much covered it 
Thank you. So I think we'll wrap the podcast up then. <laughs> just, yeah, yeah. Thanks for having me. I'll see you guys in another thirteen years. That, that was a that was a detailed uh, description there. Um, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, what my first thing was how the mom drops the baby in that boat. So so she was she was being chased by the mermaid guy, right? Actually, Such is my understanding. Like, yeah, it's think? a little unclear. Uh, yeah. Because it seems that he discovers her because she's up there. Like, she, she's on the docks, right? And mm -hmm. taking her baby there. Like, it's unclear, at least to me, whether she was going to drop him off on purpose or whether, right. like, what was she doing? Like, running, you know, to the... Yeah. To, get, to yeah. pick something up on the beach? Like, I don't... I don't know what she was doing there. Yeah, and it's 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 very unclear. And then her, I would say her expression when she watches the boat with um, Dave Coulier, and which we need to talk about, and yeah. the mom um, when they discover the baby, the mermaid mom's like expression on her face is very unclear. She's very sad, but it's the whole thing is unclear to me whether she knew that the baby would be discovered or whether she was going to pick her baby up later at when things were safe. What? Yeah. Right? Yeah. I'm like, glad you guys were confused as well. Cause I was like, Oh, this was different than what I remembered, but maybe, maybe it's not, maybe it really is just unclear. Well, yeah, it, it didn't exactly that. It didn't make sense to me whether she was at first I thought, Oh, she, she thinks she's about to be like captured or attacked by that mermaid guy, so she put him in there so that he wouldn't be taken. But then she doesn't like save him, and it also doesn't seem like she comes back to this area for 13 years because right. that guy afterwards is like a hundred percent about finding the mermaid. It's his whole so, personality, yeah, yeah. So he, he would have seen her. <laughs> he does not raise his child. He has no relationship with Jess. That guy is 100% mermaids all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. It's, yeah, it's it's, it's further unclear because yeah, again, it's it's struck me that she was doing it on purpose, but but I was leaning into again, I think the superhero thing, right? So, you know, whether again, Superman, Disney's Hercules, the Moses story, like you put the baby <laughs> in the basket, it's adopted by this kindly couple. Like, you know, it's, it's a, it's a tale as old as time. Um, <laughs> further, it, I was confused on the logistics because Cody cannot, it does not have gills for 13 years. He cannot breathe right. in water. Right. right. Like, so, mm -hmm my i guess leap in logic there was that like he must need to live on land for a certain amount of time like we yes, don't see yeah. him with a baby fish tail when he's a baby like they're very unclear about that but clearly he had human legs whenever his parents found him or else they would have had a lot more questions whenever <laughs> this, uh, this is a very good point that 
yeah, do did she mean to leave him there? Is it like a mermaid thing that you just drop off a baby with a kindly human couple for 13 years, then you come back and you're like, thanks for looking after him and like take him back in the water? Like When I was a kid, that's what <laughs> I thought because because he does not have any he is evidently a human. Um when the couple find him and it always made sense to me that it was like you have to be raised by humans until you um de develop your mermaid qualities yeah and then you have to return to the sea you know tragically um <laughs> and uh this was the first time i've watched it where i was like oh it looked like she was fleeing and she was doing something safe for her baby um, yeah. and she was going to return. Like, the, this is the first time I've ever watched it where I had that thought, so. Yeah, it's... He definitely mean, doesn't have... Hunter's right. I'm sorry, I'll just say, Hunter is 100% right. He doesn't have the equipment to survive as a mermaid. No. Uh, the other thing he seems to have is that he is very good at swimming. Right. He's not... But he's still not even the best. Sean is That's still beating yes. him. Which why is he, he, why is he racing against his own teammate in the beginning? And no, it's like that's the, the most nitpicky thing. But they, they start the thing where like uh, he he's like helping his parents on their boat, and then like oh, oh no, Doc, I'm going to be late to school. I mean my swim meet, and so he swims <laughs> to the swim meet faster than the ferry. Uh, just swims mm -hmm. past the ferry. Yes. Then when he gets there, he's he has to race against not only the other teams but against his own teammate Sean, uh, mm -hmm. so that we can establish their rivalry, in which mm -hmm. Sean continues to always beat him. And at, at first, <laughs> like not remembering the plot that much because I definitely haven't seen this in, you know, a couple of decades. Uh, mm -hmm. I thinking like oh he's already got like the skills and he's maybe he's like pulling back like you know it's like again going with my superhero theory it's like like dash and the incredibles right he's like come right. in second uh mm -hmm. you know pull mm -hmm. it back just a bit but no he's just not as good as sean until he develops his fish powers later in the movie yeah and even when he's got his fish powers he's only barely better than sean which i think is pretty yeah. funny Sean's well, like they, right they keep saying him. They keep saying that he like like the 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 swim where he fully turns into is turning into a mermaid. Like they're like he just smashed the records. But when they show the like times up on the board, it was really unclear which time was his because none of yeah. them looked that different. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I almost wanted to pause, like pause the movie to like look at the scoreboard because I wanted to see it was like lane three. I don't know what lane Cody's in. Like I don't, I don't yeah. know how to read this properly. Um, it was like they might, they might have had um like like maybe he had like a second lead. Like I couldn't see what the numbers yeah. were, but mm. I'm like, it did not seem so drastically different from everyone else's that you would be like what mm -hmm. although it's considering that it's a children's swimming competition although that one was meant to be like the state finals um i think it's not uncommon for one kid to actually be really good and the other kids to not be yeah. that good but yeah. have gotten there because it's like the 13 year old age group and there aren't that many swimmers in the right. area or something mm -hmm. like yeah 
Um, I don't know enough about swim meets that I did not bump on him swimming against Sean. I did, but I also don't know enough about it to like understand that. That didn't bump me. I I did do swimming quite a lot when I was a kid, and if I think if it's like if it was an event where you had other kids from other places, then you may have had two of your kids in that. Um, yeah. It, like, like in the in Olympics, in the Olympics, like multiple people from the American team will swim against each other, right? It's everybody uh, who's qualified to swim. I think I think there is a limit on how many can go but, in an event from one country, but but you, but you will have multiple people from the U.S., for example. Yes, I think you could maybe have three. Three that makes sense. So Hunter, maybe it's something like that. Perhaps. Uh... But it, it definitely it just stuck out to me because they seem to have been the only two that were doing that, you know. Which yes. I, well, that's, I, uh, I think the hand wavy thing is just that. That's fair. You need to establish <laughs> that Sean is his yeah. rival and he's yes. going to be recurring. But we also mm-hmm. need him to stick around as a potential romantic rival. So I guess that's why somewhere in the script he went from being the rival from another school to they're on the same team. And then they just mm-hmm. didn't smooth that over. Uh, yeah, that's that relationship is not a romantic rival at all. No, from no. from the from the beginning, Cody is like, "Hey Sam, do you want to go with him?" And she's like, "I'm sorry, no. what?" Like she is, she is, she is completely enamored with Cody. I'm sorry. Yeah, and then yes. and then also like. Later on, when um Sean, because Sean is a dick to Cody the entire movie, like mm-hmm. he his character has no arc in that sense. But later in the movie, when I forget exactly what Sean, it's when Sean and Cody are about to fight, and mm-hmm. Cody is pool. like, "I thought I thought you were my friend," and I'm like, "You did? He's been <laughs> nothing but mean to you this whole time. All he ever does is talk about how you come second. Like, <laughs> Listen." Keen, the thing, the takeaway from Cody here is that he's not super bright, which I love. I actually love <laughs> that this character is like pretty dull. <laughs> like he doesn't have much of a personality. He's well, really sweet. He's he was specifically described as the most popular guy in school. He's the most popular guy in school, but he's not very smart. And he, the Chess Starbuck has a deer in headlights quality throughout. <laughs> That I found really endearing, but I was like, oh, he's like not like they cast this kid because he can swim, which is great. And he's got a great look. Like he's got a really all American look. He swims he swims quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah, but I wouldn't say that he's a good swimmer. (laughs) (laughs) Well, so so we have Ches Starbuck and then Mm -hmm. Sean is played by Timothy Redwine. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Which is Mm -hmm. a stage name. Yes, he's born with a much more ethnic sounding name is my... His mother decided to rename him, and I think like officially rename him, Timothy Paul Redwine. Mm -hmm. According to his Wikipedia, which we should point out, Chez Starbuck does not have a Wikipedia. I know. Uh, And neither of these boys, Cody or, uh, I'm looking at it right now, Cody and Sean, neither one really had much of a career from this. Uh, yeah, but you know no. who did that? Courtney Draper. Uh, oh, yeah. We've yeah. seen her before. 
Uh, yes, absolutely. but she even as an adult, she's she's in video games now, right? Oh yeah, I she mean, she's, oh, cool. she's very famously uh, Elizabeth from Bioshock Infinite uh, right. as a, as a recent role to much acclaim. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, she's done tons of other television beyond this. I mean, she was in another Disney show um, coming off of this. She was in the, the Jersey, Jersey. Mm-hmm. Uh, some other movies as well. And uh, according to Wikipedia, The Bold and the Beautiful. So there you go. She's got <laughs> she's eighty six episodes. So that for, that was like wow. What, that's like a what a three month stint on a show like that. Uh, yeah, something two and like a half. that. Yeah. Uh, that's really two impressive. <laughs> Close to a week, maybe. Um, <laughs> I will say that um, uh, Chez Starbuck uh, now runs a custom shelving company in Austin, Texas. <laughs> and that's all I have to say. Wow. Yep. Wow. <laughs> and he's got lots of tattoos and he's huge. He's like buff and yeah, I'm gonna need I, to see what Chiz Starbuck looks he's like. Got right a, he's got an Instagram. I would I recommend it. <laughs> oh yeah, he looks different. <laughs> he does look different. He does. He when looks you said really huge, sure. uh, it, it looked he looks just like he's like buff. I'm sorry, he's buff. That's what I meant. He's he's put on a lot right. of muscle. Okay. He's not super he's very lean in this. I would not expect that child that 12 year old to grow up to be quite as he's obviously sp- spends a lot of time under a barbell or in the pool <laughs> or in the pool. <laughs> no swimmers yes. are lean. Swimmers yeah. He does not lean. have a swimmer's sure. build. <laughs> Good. Um, interesting. Hunter, very interesting. I'm sorry. I want to keep, I'll talk about whatever you guys were talking about. I will just say very interesting that you bumped on the two kids from the same school competing against each other. What I bump on in the swim meet scenes is that there's a marching band there. Cause I've never, I bumped that. on that too. <laughs> okay. What was it? It was at like the state championships where I was like, is it typical to have a marching band? At they're a not swim just there. They're marching around, which is something I've never would be so unsafe. And they're like, they're, yeah. If you have a yeah. like for a basketball game, they stand in the, they stand in the stands and they play. They don't march around the pool. Pools <laughs> pools don't typically have like a lot of room between yeah. like the between like the bleachers and the pool. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes, and it is yeah. going to be very unsafe immediately because that's how <laughs> yes, exactly. dirty best friend Jess is. The poor tuba <laughs> kid bumps up against the lifeguard stand and falls into the pool. At which point the coach barely cares yeah I know. Uh, yeah but we need, like uh... but we need a reason for the, for a nerd to be at the swim meet so mm-hmm. marching band obviously obviously at which he then says he can't swim and i'm mm-hmm. like what mm-hmm. why have which you been allowed into the pool <laughs> because they clearly live on an island or something right like, yeah yeah, they live on the coast. His father is literally like whatever he does it involves boats. Um, right, and and Jess's like favorite activity is to go hang out in the tide pools. And I'm like, mm-hmm. there's just no way that you're hanging out at the beach all the time and you don't know how to swim. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I, it's confusing. I think the writers must have been like, you know, it's funny. Maybe he, he was trying swim. to say, I can't swim with this tuba strapped around me. <laughs> at that point, he was taking on too much water. 
Well, that's very unsafe. It, I mean, it also I mean, it also bumped me. This is when you could just throw a kid with a tuba into a pool. And I guess I guess so. I guess so. Be... this was not like. No. Someone that did a lot of swimming as a kid because Australia, like, mm-hmm. the other thing that yeah. bumped me was that the next day everyone was congratulating um, Cody on his silver medal at the swim meet. And yes. I'm just like, no one ever went to the swim competitions. Like, he, no in one. every Disney movie, <laughs> the entire student body is involved in whatever sport the main character does. I'm <laughs> thinking of. High School Musical, and I'm thinking more specifically, it's also basketball. Um, the other time we bumped on this was um, in Luck of the Irish because everybody knows how well um, Ryan Merriman's character did. And they're also, no, no, they're mad at him because he does poorly in a game. And it's like the whole student population has turned on him. Um, yeah. So it's in these movies, that is the world. Uh, but see, th- those examples are team sports. Mm, There's good no point. Good swimming. Point. Swimming is an individual sport. Like you're on a team, but unless mm-hmm. you're doing the relay, which they probably wouldn't do at this age group, mm-hmm. like you're, it's not a team sport. It's yeah, no, your it's parents go to see that, and mm-hmm. your your siblings. Like that's who's there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And his parents don't even make it most of the time. Uh, yeah. But again, he's the protagonist of a decom. So as as Lizzie says, uh he's also uh the most popular boy in school. So That's you know, right. He, Even though he's, he's not the number roommate. one swimmer. Exactly. No, and he has no personality. Yeah. Best sportsmanship. <laughs> they all everyone at this school really appreciates like just a nice guy. Yeah, just yeah, a real exactly. nice guy. Right. He mm-hmm. doesn't have a lot going on, at least not until, you know, the events of the film. But that makes mm-hmm. him more approachable, more relatable. The everyman. Yes. Uh, yeah, which that's is, what you want in your superhero origin story. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> it's true. When when he was like, when um, I did think it was really funny, because I even, you can tell like Sean's like a huge dick, but <laughs> when um, Cody's like, are you sure you don't want to go with Sean? I was like, Courtney or Sam, her name is Sam. I was like, go on with Sean. Like, I don't know. I just feel like like this Cody kid is going to try to talk to you about his shoelaces or something. I just feel like <laughs> there's not a lot in the relationship for Sam. Uh, she's going to do a lot of heavy lifting. That being said, though, that is pretty typical of someone that you would date when you were 13, I feel. Yeah, that's true. Like, <laughs> that's true. You're just yeah. like, he's kind of cute. End of list. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> He doesn't like spit on me or hit me or whatever. So he's kind of cute. He is a boy. He is a boy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. At, at that age, your hormones are going so crazy that you're just like that guy. I don't care yeah. what we talk about because we're not going to talk about anything because we're both thirteen. <laughs> like, what do you have to talk about when you were thirteen? Nothing. Yeah. <laughs> Unless you start to get superpowers, uh, right? Which I would like to talk <laughs> a little bit about the specifics of his fish powers mm-hmm. because. We talked yes. about his ability to swim super fast as he grows gills and fins and such, which, which makes you know, sense. Makes sense for being a merman, but uh, he gets electricity powers. And <laughs> yes, at one yeah. point, I mean, the Spider-Man comparison is there. At one point, he literally walks on the ceiling like he's mm-hmm. Toby Maguire. Like mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure they just adapted the same effect from this movie for yeah. the same movie three years later. Like it is. 
I'm actually, I've got it playing in the background now while we talk just (laughs) and that scene just came by again. And I'm just like, what does that have to do with being a fish man? Like, can you imagine if you're watching Aquaman and Jason Momoa just like started wall crawling, like Tobey Maguire, (laughs) like how thrown would you be? But in this movie, like whatever, I guess it's just part of being a merman, man. Yeah, the electricity too. Also because it wasn't consistent. Like, sometimes he had electricity and sometimes he didn't. And then same with, like, sometimes his hands were sticky and sometimes they They come weren't. and go! The powers come and go! It's like you didn't even watch the movie, Keen. They come but then, and they But go. then later, it seems like they're, they come whenever he wants them to, like, like when he's he in the pool them. and they notice that he has the, like, fins, mm-hmm. he, like, mm-hmm. slams and... Uh, that that was quite confusing to me that he slammed against something that was next to the pool that apparently was an electrical cable that ran to everything <laughs> that was yeah, sitting that in is? the pool. Yeah, <laughs> is that the thing that because when I always assumed when I was a kid, I always assumed that when you touched the wall, there was a impulse that stops the clock. Is that not true? Keen. How do how when you keen? <laughs> what do you mean? Like I think I think it is true that as, at least in an Olympic level in an Olympic pool that that when you touch the wall as a swimmer, we can th- there's an electrical signal that is sent from the wall that like it's rigged up to be electrified, you know, to have a stop the clock something that stops the clock is what yeah. I'm trying to say. I mean, they so might have something like that at the Olympics, but they didn't have anything like that when I was swimming at school. Well, Certainly not I think, in, in this kids' pool, but maybe that that I think is. That's what they're trying to say is that that's what he grabbed, but I don't because how... it, it, it explodes the scoreboard. So I was like, oh, it's connected yeah. to the scoreboard. You that's know what? The, uh, I... That scene will be coming back up for me soon enough. So maybe <laughs> I'll get the way back in. I was okay. briefly distracted uh, by the marching band going by <laughs> directly next to the pool, as we discussed yeah. earlier, which is just mm-hmm. insane. Also, the acoustics for a marching band inside of an indoor pool like that, that's going to be the worst place to listen to a band. <laughs> Uh, that's something I can weigh in on. As someone who has no athletics and was only in the marching band, the uh, last thing you want is a dozen trumpets blasting in your ear in a tin building. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Apparently, the way that they time swimming is from high-speed cameras, lasers, and sensors. Really? Yeah. Lasers? Pool lasers, you're telling me. A pool laser. This cool. is how they do. It. Well, this is how they do it um, at the Olympic and level. Then, and then Olympic clocks are a hundred times more accurate than a regular stopwatch. So, mm-hmm. yes, there you go. Well, yeah. I just, regardless of what is true in real life, I think what in the movie world, I think he grabs for some reason that thing is connected to the scoreboard and i don't mm-hmm. know why that would be true because it does sound un- insanely yes. unsafe that like that's the most unsafe thing we've talked about in the movies that there'd be an electrified thing running through the pool with children 
Um, I don't know. I still well, got to go with the the boy and the tuba <laughs> falling straight into the pool, but uh, that is all. Yeah. That, that is that is right there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the as the coach were... also says safety first after that kid pauses the pool. He does. And, the, I, and I think has a lot of things to say. I don't know if you heard all of them. Do you guys have any? Did you hear any of these I little clips? I was distracted by how uh, touchy he is with all of his kids. Also, <laughs> uh, I'm I'm on that scene uh, currently again in the background where uh, he he's going to short it out at the end of the scene. But I'm just pointing out again, every student has the colors of their school different. Different students from every school, except for Cody and Sean they race against each other to maintain mm. the rivalry. It's yeah. just, just yeah. baked in here. Uh, but mm-hmm. yeah, I wanted to circle back. Uh, so we were talking about the inconsistency of his powers, which of course, yeah, they come and go and they come with, oh, that shot's flipped. Uh, there was, sorry, there's a lady whose sign, the letters were backwards. I'm like, oh, you just flipped that shot in editing. You thought I wouldn't know <laughs> that, but I did. Um, so his powers come and go with like whenever he's in the water right and again it's classic superhero uh storytelling like whenever the it's all a metaphor uh as it is you know his 13th year it's all a metaphor for puberty right like it's all (laughs) like what's happening to my body i'm going through these weird changes like whenever i get wet (laughs) like everything gets sticky and then eventually he starts to get a hold of it and control it and you know that it, it, the metaphor it's it, it's right there and i just i i applaud uh disney channel for you know talking about uh a topic like this you know for young kids because you know it's this is the most uh there we go yeah he is uh touching something electrical in the pool there's straight up just a wire going in yeah, I reading yeah, it further actually there on his side though to be to be specific there is just an extension <laughs> cord that is going into the pool where uh Cody is. Also he's waving mm-hmm. his pants around at everybody. It uh, it did say that yes, Lizzie you were right. There are like sensors that are sort of attached to the wall and they hit okay. that and that stops their clock. Mhm. Mhm. But they use for like photo finishes. They use um, the cameras and the and the lasers. Uh, yeah, I'm sure like... they have multiple things that they use for yeah, yeah. for something that w- that would be that close. Um, well, yes, the that was a... of this. Yes, oh, go ahead. No, I wasn't going to say anything. I was going to say bullshit. Okay. I, I want to talk about the director because I also have things to say about him. Please, uh, uh, the the director of this movie has done some other decoms. Um, of course, Halloween Town is one of his big ones but he was previously an editor who edited mm-hmm. such movies as return of the jedi and blue velvet mm-hmm. yeah absolutely crazy pedigree yeah. for this guy and, yeah and yeah. Le- leading up to that like return of the jedi um along with more american graffiti were like his first two big uh like He's in the editing chair himself, but even before that, he was an assistant editor, which means yeah. he was actually doing the editing uh, on <laughs> Star Wars Apocalypse Now, The Empire Strikes Back, and Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah, uh, it is quite a, a, yeah. quite a list there. Like, so I, I mean, those it's... aren't specifically superhero movies, but I feel like that those are several movies that have influenced the superhero genre. Absolutely blockbuster filmmaking so you would think like yeah like 
if, if this guy were directing a movie like just like where where was he basically whenever the superhero genre was taking off right instead mm-hmm. he got uh homeward bound the incredible journey and it's a good and, movie and, hey that's a really it, good movie uh, <laughs> and then that but and that was before this right like at right. the same time, so actually he went, to back it up even further, he got Twin Peaks after doing Blue Velvet. He was an editor and mm-hmm. director um, mm-hmm. on that show. Then he got Homeward Bound and The Incredible Journey, which was his directorial debut as far as feature filmmaking. Uh, then he went on to do like Little Giants and then Halloween Town, then the 13th year, uh, and a few other DCOMs, and it's just kind of... Uh, you know that that yeah. he just kind of coasted off of that for a while. Like, what happened to this guy? Yeah. What's he just what, edited something what? this year? Uh, uh, he edited oh, the turning. Accor- according to his Wikipedia, he is an adjunct professor at USC School of Cinematic Arts. So, that's right. That's what. So that, he, that's what so he's that's doing. what he's probably been doing. Yes, <laughs> I think so. He worked under Walter Murch, you know, which is like he's like the Godfather, <laughs> if you will because he did The Godfather, um, <laughs> of editing. Um, so I would say he, I'm, I hope he has, a, I'm hope he's, I hope he's having a good time as an academic, but he did pick up some, some actual editing work. Yeah. So yeah, he still works. Uh, I guess, I guess as, as a professor, he just works like when he, he needs to or wants to. Yeah. Takes the, yeah. Takes the work that he wants to do. Like he did come back for the Twin Peaks, uh, reboot and apparently edited like every episode so uh mm-hmm. and was nominated for an emmy for that he won an emmy for uh editing on twin peaks the first time around yeah. uh, also yeah. going also into his wikipedia i just have to shout out as a big star wars fan in 1978 mm-hmm. at the san uh anselmo county fair uh, in california he was the f- he became the first person to portray boba fett as uh, they, that was the character's debut to the public, where for whatever reason, <laughs> the editor, or I guess assistant editor at the time, uh, was told to put on the costume and like play <laughs> this character that no one knew at a local county fair. And that's uh, that's you know before they had Comic Con or or Twitter, I guess that's how they got the word out on the new characters you could be hyped about for the next Star Wars. <laughs> Yeah, but what, what a, a neat, time to be alive! What a neat, what a neat thing. Do you think like because now we've got the Mandalorian, right? Is like you know finale's coming up this week as we're recording, and it it it's a pretty big show. I feel like it's talked about a lot across social media. So what what a move to be able to pull on your students uh, whenever you walk in at USC and you're like, I was the first Mandalorian. I'm the first person to wear that armor. Also. <laughs> I made the 13th year. <laughs> Any questions? Those hold an equal amount of weight. Cinematically. To me, they do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, to any sane person. Truly uh, an impressive career from start to finish. And it isn't mm-hmm. even done yet. What does isn't he have? Even... <laughs> Let's get him back for some decoms. <laughs> I agree. I want to see what this Maybe guy would do. Maybe he'll come on the show. Yeah. Give them a yeah. Disney Plus show. Yeah, get like... Mm-hmm. I think that's yeah. where the DCOMs are going to live in the future. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like Disney Plus yeah. originals. 
Um, let's uh, let's talk about um, Jess as yeah. as the nerd the nerd friend. He this something I noticed in this movie. They really sort of classify nerds as like not. It's it's like it's almost like oh, you're a Christian, like you're a nerd. Like when he <laughs> describes himself, he's like, nerds don't really have friends. We have hobbies, as if it's like some particular group. And then everyone at the school is also like, what is a nerd doing here? Like it, it just had a it just had a different. It had a different way of talking about nerds that I feel like movies tend to, where it was really like, you are a nerd. You are only allowed to be a nerd. How dare you try to do something else? And then this kid being like, yes, I am a nerd, which means that I can't have friends. Look. I don't know (laughs) what you're questioning. This completely tracks with my experience (laughs) in middle school. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I believe that, Hunter. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Specifically. Perhaps I was more popular than I th- realized, but I always have considered myself a nerd, and I did have friends and hobbies. <laughs> Jess talks about being a nerd in every scene that he's in. He talks he about how, how lame he is and how stupid and ugly he is. Like, it's, like, very sad at a certain point. Like, he's been in, like, eight scenes, like, halfway through the movie, and every time he's like, what? You want to, like, go to the beach with me? Are you sure? <laughs> it's just, it's a lot. Well, and then when he's like, I'm not going to do, like, your homework for you unless you're going to beat me up for it. And I'm like, oh, Jess, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. Cody the whole time does not seem to understand that Jess has been bullied at all. And yeah. he's just like, I'm not going to beat you up. Like, why like, would I do that? You? Yeah. Why would you ever? Is, he thinks Sean is his best friend. That, this, is, <laughs> this is very true. This is very true. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> this kid is not firing on all cylinders. He no. just can't get there. Uh, but. Um... <laughs> what is it exactly that. So they make an agreement that Jess is going to tutor Cody. But is it in like like marine biology like what was it the it's just their unit in biology is marine biology their unit they're like yeah they're gonna do like what a week like three weeks on marine biology and that is when for some reason cody apparently is like i said he's not very smart and he also can't get very good grades (laughs) (laughs) so he's got a lot going for him and he uh yeah he needs just to help him um out and they don't I don't really remember them studying ever. No, he just honest. comes he just comes to like the tide pools and Right. And he digs and, and he looks digs through Jess's dead stuff. Like, yes, because it, it very quickly becomes about him turning into a mermaid and Jess doing these experiments or whatever for like vague vague tests on how fast he can swim and how much water he can chug and other things like that. <laughs> I can't remember all the tests he does. He definitely times them swimming. Um, oh, because that's the other thing is that as Cody is becoming a mermaid or merman, he can't stop drinking water. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. at one point, yeah. He's like having a love affair with a water fountain. Like he is yeah. into drinking that water, and then he has to stop. And all the kids are like waiting, and I'm like, "Yeah, I, I would also be like, what the fuck? 
mm-hmm. he he drinks water from that water fountain almost like with the vigor that the people of to- Pawnee drink water. Like <laughs> speaking He's of which, Jess speaking is, of which, yeah, Jess's dad, Jess's dad, the mermaid man, is JJ of JJ's diner from Parks and Rec. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, that uh, is absolutely true. Brent Prisco, uh, very uh, popular uh, character actor. He's been in. I mean, mm-hmm. he's been in so many things. Uh, re, in you know, his last role being in uh, Brooklyn Nine Nine, um, mm-hmm. with his old we, buddy Joel Miller, who was also yeah. We had Scully yes. from Brooklyn Nine Nine in this. Oh, yeah, that's right. true. Mm-hmm. Very brief moment with him. <laughs> yeah, I think Brett Briscoe did a really really nice job because the the character does has not a lot going for him um mm. except the mermaid thing which is his only passion in life more more far more so than his son jess uh, not surprised he's not married you know because the only woman in his life is that mermaid yeah and it's easy to like look down on his pursuit especially like from a real world perspective because all the uh, and from the perspective of all the guys in the movie that are giving him a hard time for believing in mermaids mm-hmm. but we the audience know what he knows is that there a mermaid is real and he did see it and i cannot yeah. fault him for spending the rest of his life trying <laughs> to prove that it is true yeah my only question is what what did he want to do when he caught the mermaid? Like, that wasn't clear what... Obviously, he wants to prove that he did see a mermaid, but, like, what was he going to do with the mermaid once he had caught it? You know, Keen, what's a dog going to do whenever it catches a car <laughs> chasing? It doesn't really have a plan. It just knows that there's an allure there and has to... You know, it's more about the chase than the actual mm-hmm. uh, capture, isn't it? So yeah. you're telling me his life is over then? Now that he has found this mermaid, well, now he now he can uh, move on and you know try being a father. Uh, yeah, that's what I got. Which is I agree. What he's been, For know. once, yeah. <laughs> Hunter, I do have my third note. I'm so happy you said what you said because my third note is: Can you imagine if you saw an actual mermaid and no one believed you? It would drive you crazy. Yeah, it would, it would drive you crazy. Actually, I'm really glad you brought this up because uh, I've got a crazy story I want to tell both of you. Uh, <laughs> oh my god! I wish. Uh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. I I couldn't yeah. help but think like because the movie seems to frame him uh, from the perspective of the people that are deriding him. Like we're supposed to be like, oh yeah, look at this guy wasting his life looking for mermaids. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. like they're there. Mm-hmm. She's there. Yeah. His son, I wonder, his son is like, a tutoring one. <laughs> <laughs> would, would it have been more interesting if we hadn't fully seen the mermaid at the beginning? And so, like, the things that were happening to Cody were a little bit more surprising? Mm, Whereas perhaps. as soon as it started happening, like, it was quite obvious that he's turning into a merman. Like... Yeah, I agree with you. I do think there would they there would have been more allure and like maybe the parents get to do a uh, the real story of your birth is this 
type thing and like maybe yeah. the parents know he's a mermaid or something i don't know i'm just i'm spitballing oh yeah uh, let's talk th- let's talk about those parents like yeah we've done all this time and have not discussed dave coulier <laughs> so I'll say that my very first note is in all caps and with three question marks. Dave Coulier, because he got a he got his own title card, like pretty before we even saw anybody, he got his name was in like a lower third. And I was like, oh my god. Like I had forgotten that he was in this movie. Hunter, did you remember that the dad was Dave Coulier? Because I didn't. This was like No, absolutely not. Yeah, no, it it came back, you know, almost immediately. Like the moment I saw him, I remembered uh, whenever I would see this as a kid, because uh, obviously like I grew up uh, with Full House. So, in you know, my head, I'm just like, oh, Uncle Joey is in this movie. <laughs> yeah. uh, that, yep. that, it's not, no, it's not that surprising that we haven't brought him up so far because as for Dave Cooley performance, it's pretty uh, reserved. Like he doesn't mm-hmm. have like a whole lot going on. Uh, I mm-hmm. only had one major note on the parents and it was on their uh, very first interaction where we meet them, where Dave Coulier asks uh, his wife played by Lisa Stahl Sullivan uh, mm-hmm. wh- to remind him why they're coming here in the first place. And she says, and I quote, to free ourselves of the constraints of the bourgeois capitalist existence. <laughs> and I paused oh, the movie. I because, missed that. Yeah, <laughs> I paused the movie because I was like prepping dinner, just like I had it playing my phone uh, while I was like doing stuff. And I was like, I'm sorry. What? Uh, that's something that I right on over my head as a child that listening to now, I was like, please go on and immediately <laughs> he changes the subject and says answers his own question to say really i thought we came here to do exposition i mean to do a tour book <laughs> um and so i'm just like is that was that a like was that a joke was that like the writer's idea of a joke was somebody trying to just slip something in there uh <laughs> i want to hear more about uh, this anarcho-socialist mother that Cody has, but her entire political ideology is sho- shoved to the background because her son is becoming a mermaid. That husband wants to run a tour boat in uh, with a clearly broken down vessel in a clearly clogged environment. They have plenty of tour boats; they don't need another one. Also, mm-hmm. that's not how you escape capitalism by going into the tourism industry. Uh, <laughs> You know, yeah, I that just, is clearly she's not going to be happy with the life that her husband uh, has brought them here to find. So I just I want to know her story. That's the that's Damn. the spinoff I need to know. Just based on that <laughs> one line of dialogue, which just mm-hmm. that I did, I completely missed that line, but that kind of makes a part later in the movie that I thought was really strange a little clearer is that. When the dad is like, maybe we should take him to Dr. Schwartzman, and the mom is like, what? And he's like, I'm sorry, I said the D word. She's like, we will not be taking him to a doctor. And I, and I was like, where, where is this coming from? Like, so, Suddenly she's like on a crusade against doctors, and I'm like, this... This was not established. And then after they go to the doctor, it's never discussed again. Like... I'm going to go out on a limb and and guess 
that that is a leftover from because I think uh, Lizzie was onto something um, with the whole idea, like the parents knowing or having an idea of where he came from, um, and mm-hmm. then like being like surprised slash maybe not so surprised once it, these things start to happen to him. Uh, I I'm gonna go out on a limb and, and say maybe that was like a leftover bit of that because going back to the obvious like Superman parallels there, the whole Mon Pot can't like they know their baby isn't a normal human when they find little Clark because mm-hmm. he like picks up a tractor or a truck or something. You know, they're like, oh, this is a super baby. So they're they're <laughs> there was probably a beat somewhere where like they drop baby Cody in the ocean and he's totally fine because he can just breathe water. But then they realize we can't drop a baby in the ocean and then a rewrite happened. That's gonna, that's my head cannon, uh, <laughs> where that, re, that that logic must have come from and that rewrite. Because then that would track with later. She's like, we can't take him to a doctor. Then they'll know he's a merman. <laughs> but it, the way that they played it was that she thinks everything can be solved by like natural medicine. Uh, to me, it just it just didn't seem like it was because, like, correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like in the scene he thinks that he is turning into a merman or a fish or something, and they're just like, no, 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 yeah, like, um, yeah, definitely full, uh, full on, like, they're like, there's, there's no way, and yeah, I, th- I think you're right, Keen. I think that somebody was trying to sneak in uh, jokes about some some kind of type of person um through the mom and like all but two ended up on the cutting room floor it feels Uh, like they had a whole personality like mapped out for her and then they cut most of it and just kept bourgeois capitalism and i don't like doctors mm -hmm. (laughs) well the other thing is that she's very the and the other thing that i was going to bring up with as much as i like hunter's headcanon i'm afraid they just kind of wanted to give her something that is her thing. And her thing is that she's very crunchy and she's very, cause she makes a beet cake and she doesn't believe in vaccines. <laughs> presumably. <laughs> um, her thing is she, she is an anti-vaxxer. <laughs> yeah. Her thing is that she thinks doctors are quacks for no reason, for no apparent reason. And it's just a thing to put one more step between Cody and getting like diagnosed because otherwise you would take your kid immediate probably would take him like the things I can't remember the first time that he comes to his parents and he says I have these things going on but if my my child was drinking water like that I would take him to the hospital (laughs) um because he clearly is has yeah and you're you're um, very dehydrated or or like um I think like being extremely thirsty is also a, an early symptom of like diabetes or something. So yeah, it would be like something is wrong. You should not mm-hmm. be drinking this much water. <laughs> like, yeah, um, definitely or rabies potentially or rabies. There's there are a lot of things that, that it could be. <laughs> Especially with him swimming with like boats and stuff. Like you don't know what he's. When he, whenever he's like, I just swam and something weird. It's like, you know what? Maybe he swam <laughs> next to a fairy. Like, who's to say he didn't get some? He's not having a rash from that. 
It's true. Uh, it's true. That's my thoughts on that. Um, yeah, that was great. Her name is Sharon. The uh, the character's name is Sharon. I don't remember what the de- what Dave Coulier's. No. Did they really is. say his uh, name? His name is Wit. Just looking at the it's cast. Wit. Really? Wit Griffin. Yes, Quit that's right. Griffin. That is right. Quit Griffin. Wow. Mm-hmm. It is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, maybe they did say the dad's name, but then they cut it out. <laughs> Had to get it in somewhere. Keen, do you and get I... that? Keen, do you understand that? No, I don't. Is that, <laughs> is that, a, is that a full yeah. house thing? Yeah, yes, yeah. Uncle, uh, I've, Uncle Joey's I've never seen an episode of Full House. I'm that's sorry. Her, that's her you did get it then. <laughs> you you understood what the what you were missing. You you put the pieces together. <laughs> well, when when I was watching this, uh, Rob walked in and I was kind of like, "Oh, this guy seems kind of familiar." And Rob was like, "Is that Uncle Joey?" And I'm like, "Who's that?" And he's like, "From Full House." And I'm like, "Oh, probably." Is that Dave Coulier? And he's like, "Yeah." And I'm like, "Okay." <laughs> uh yes yes if only you had been american if only you were american it would just be it would have blown your mind like me and hunters i I feel like they maybe did play full house in australia but my family definitely didn't watch it if it was on Mm -hmm. Mm mm-hmm we were more of a fraser household (laughs) that's fair (laughs) That's understandable. I, I see your family watching Frasier. Absolutely. Over, uh, yeah, no, Full House yeah. is definitely like a middle America kind of feel yes, good. that was for the flyover. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Frasier was definitely for the for the coasts. <laughs> well, I did live on a coast, but not. There you go. Yeah. Speaking of coasts, uh, back to the 13th year. How do you like that transition? <laughs> that uh, well good. done. Well done. I, again, uh, by the way, I just want to point out that entire like tangent that we've gone on, that was all us trying to talk about Dave Coulier and uh, mine and Lizzie's excitement over Uncle Joey being in this. But honestly, for a Full House fan, it's very disappointing. He gets very little to do as mm-hmm. the dad. Mm-hmm. He is funny. Yeah. I do use, like, he's clearly like improving a little bit. He's like, getting his flexing his muscles in there sometimes uh like the he, like the bit with the hands um oh yes yes when they're all looking at their hands because cody is looking at his hands yes yeah yes um and like when he pull when they pull up in the van and he's like got the plastic like vuvuzela horn and he's oh. got the fish <laughs> on his head and then they because they're late to the meet the swim meet and then they get in the van and he's like your mother made me dress like this but it's very his delivery is like very sweet Um, yeah they are very like don't give a shit about his swimming it seems (laughs) i think they do but they just their boat business is also very important to them and they never working yeah. But yeah. also, after they've told him that he's not allowed to swim or go in the water, and um, and he's, like, sitting at home, and they're like, I know it was a big swim meet, and I'm like, he's he's competing in the state finals. That's yeah. not, that's not a big swim meet. That's, that's, a, that's the shit that gets you into, like, the Olympics. Like, mm-hmm. like, like, winning a state championship, it would take you to nationals. Like, that's a big deal 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. Which I don't even know how that would work because they're only 13, 12 to 13. And that seems like a high school thing. But maybe I'm wrong. Um, no, you could do... I, I mean, I don't know about how it works here, but you could definitely do state championships at that age and then go go to a national championship and junior stuff and okay yeah sw- swimming is very big in australia if you were to win <laughs> yes um, i believe that <laughs> and yeah i mean i i was doing diving and mm. when i was about 13 they were trying to get me to go to state training to like on track for sort of you know, potentially Olympics down the road, but mm-hmm. that that didn't happen for me. But like, yeah, at that age, thirteen, absolutely, they are checking. And they like, yeah, you yeah, can, that's true. If you're good enough, they'll they'll take you through. Hmm. Well, it's very high stakes. Um, and I just realized that at the I don't want to skip to the end, but at the end when Sharon says she promises to have you back before school starts, I just realized what I said at the beginning of this episode is completely wrong. They're not it's not in the summer. They're obviously in school. So she means your mermaid mom's gonna take you for a couple days. Oh. Right? Hunter, what do you think? Uh <gasps> hmm, interesting and un clear yeah i mean it must be uh like late spring by that point uh i i suppose right or yeah are they gonna pull maybe she's just taking it for christmas break like uh, i yeah exactly it's uh you know it's hard to tell what time of year it is it's it's southern california so it could literally be the middle of february and Mm -hmm. or it could be christmas yeah (laughs) yeah it's going to be the same weather year round but absolutely yeah i mean it's just like most things in this movie it's really just kind of a throwaway joke uh Mm -hmm. not that doesn't really have a punchline just like she promised to bring him back before school starts like it's like it's the answer to a question nobody asked (laughs) but but do they explain how how he's not gonna look like a merman no, 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 we okay. don't understand. <laughs> no. No. It's unclear if he is able to morph in and out of the mermaidness. That that is the implication because right. because he has. It's at the end. It's very clear that Mermom, that's what I'm going to call her, is going to bring her back. Going to bring. They're going to split custody, basically, and that he's going to spend some time of his time as a mermaid, and some of his time as a human. As he should. But it's I, important that he connects mm-hmm. with his roots as yeah. he's becoming a young merman. Yeah, uh, absolutely. It's 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 a great place to to take <laughs> to take Cody's story at the end. Yeah, <laughs> I I think there's a lot there where they're just kind of relying on like this is playing with a lot of tropes, uh, and they're just kind of relying on on the idea that the audience has seen Splash. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I they're see. like or and I or little, splash and or well that's also on disney plus uh oh, great. although it's been edited it's one of it's one of the movies that oh. is famously edited for content by disney plus um uh, how so well uh since you asked uh there's a scene <laughs> where uh so in that it's it's a flip of it's sort of a take on Little Mermaid, and Tom Hanks falls in love with the mermaid, played by Daryl Hannah. 
And if I recall, there's a shot where Daryl Hannah, the mermaid, is like running t- towards the ocean and she's completely naked. And so in this PG movie from like the mid 80s, you can see Daryl Hannah's butt. But on the mm-hmm. Disney Plus version, they have dragon dropped her hair digitally to go down about like mid thigh. And uh, oh, God. It, is not, it is not a convincing effect. And uh, <laughs> I would not have learned this if not for seeing some sort of compilation that was like, I, I think I started on Simpsons, like look at what they did to the Simpsons with the cropping and everything. Cause there's a big to do mm. about that. And then it went on like, and here's other edits that they've made to Disney plus. Um, so splash was a movie that Disney did in the eighties about mermaid. And then of course, even more famously, the little mermaid in 89. So I think, yeah, they're just relying on um, people's collective consciousness on the lore of mermaids uh, being like, Oh yeah. The two things you've seen about mermaids are that they can walk on land at some point. Right. Don't question it. He'll be back in time for school. (laughs) Speaking of mermaids, Lizzie, you told me that you had a bit of a mermaid phase as a kid. Is that, mm-hmm. is that right? Yeah, that's correct. So, so was this a big deal for you then? Um, I would say it was pretty important to me uh, just to see mermaid representation um, <laughs> in, my, in my childhood. I was excited about it because it was about a mermaid. Yeah, I mean, um, it's not my favorite mermaid. That you know on screen, but I did think that I may have be part mermaid at this time of my life. I was like wow. hoping that I would, you know, could potentially grow a, a one big fin when I went into the water, and then you know like wear a little bikini or whatever on the <laughs> human half, uh, and ha- and have your hair like all swirling around beautifully. Um. I will say uh, when I learned that um, there are professional mermaids, it, it is one of my fallback ideas is to become a professional mermaid. Um, what is a professional the, mermaid? Well, uh, you see, it's a, it's a, it's an actress. It, you know, usually, they're not an actress, but they're like a physical performer who uh, they put on a mono. They're called monofins, which is like a mermaid fin, and they swim around. Uh, in giant tanks, usually at like a casino, <laughs> basically. Wow. Um, and yeah, you can be a professional mermaid. Think, yeah. So it's yes, quite, and um, quite a fallback she, career. <laughs> yes, the woman. I did not get the full name. She's the last credit. It says mermaid played by this lady. Her name is Chanel. She's not a real actress, but she is a real mermaid. Uh, and she lives in Hawaii. And she teaches, uh, she's like a, um, um, like a circus artist, which makes sense. Oh, so she, yeah, that she makes owns sense. Like, a circus school where they do like aerial arts and um, contortion, but she also teaches mermaid classes. It's called mermaiding hmm. and they provide you with the monofin. So she's still doing that to this day. So I'm really happy for her. <laughs> There you go. There I you go. Was you know, not aware Lizzie, of I such a thing. I went through a similar phase, I think, when I was seven or eight and first saw this movie, um, where I thought maybe I'm a mer person. Turns out I was just dehydrated. 
So you connected less with the mermaid of it and more of the. Uh, I'm just really thirsty. More, yeah, just yeah. The part where to drink a lot of water. I was like, oh well, like when I drink water, I feel like a lot better, and I didn't realize <laughs> that I was having too much soda for a boy my age. <laughs> that is such like child logic. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I when I, I drink know. water, I feel better. So I must be a merman. It must it must be that I'm a mer yes. That's it, what it television tracks. taught me. And I mean, my mom wasn't gonna take me to the doctor. That'd be <laughs> so my only way of learning about my body was from watching uh Disney Channel original movies and they've taught mm-hmm. me so much. Yeah, everything you know <laughs> to this day. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I just wanted to, I feel like the part that we're missing before we start to wrap up is this whole, the bad guys close in part, which is that, um, basically, um, Brent Briscoe, I think his name is big John. Yeah. Uh, the, right. Jess's dad, John, like overhears Cody and Jess talking about Cody's like, he's, he's describing his like specific like ailments and what he's dealing with. And he's like, huh, you don't say. And so I think the next time we see him is, uh, well, Jess starts to ask his dad about mermaids. And then the next time we see John, he's brought binoculars to Cody's swim meet. Um, Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) So that he can see that when Cody wins his heat or whatever and gets out uh, and like raises his arms in triumph, he's got full on Aquaman um you know fins on his forearms and uh yes this man is got singular mind which is that he's gonna capture he's gonna use cody as bait to get this fucking mermaid which she absolutely (laughs) does yeah he he kidnaps his his 13 year old son's only friend (laughs) and takes him out to open water (laughs) <laughs> to try to use him as bait for uh, a mermaid. And it mm-hmm. works. <laughs> but in the process, he nearly loses his own boy. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm glad you brought this up, Lizzie. What 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 theme do we draw from this story, this tragedy? <laughs> like, because, again, it feels like the movie is telling me, don't hunt for mermaids or else you'll lose your only son <laughs> which is probably the way this guy lost his wife or do you think she just left <laughs> that up that's what i think from yes. hearing about the mermaids she's like we, I get we really don't know gone. where mm-hmm. jess's mob is and... she definitely left because he wouldn't stop talking about mermaids that there's, <laughs> there's, there's no other way and we've all lost partners from talking about mermaids who among us has not gone through this and also who among us has not lured our only our only son's only friend out to open water uh, i think i think the real theme here is our classic uh decom bad dads mm-hmm. or bad dad. a, another mm-hmm. dad who just doesn't give a shit about how their child feels and does whatever he wants <laughs> until he until just very heroically what, I believe what happens is that he cuts the net that the Mermom is trapped in. That's yes. right. Because now, now he can and swim. He stuck, and then mm-hmm. Cody saves him and therefore mm. Big John, as he's known, Big John Wheatley, 
uh, realizes <laughs> the error of his ways, and he realizes that the real mermaid was the family he was ignoring all along. That's right. That's right. Yep. That's right. Yep. And that's, that's yep. Um, his son was the thing that he should have been searching for. Ah, uh, so, yep. There you go. Yeah. yeah. So true. Uh, yeah, it's a real turnaround for him because he hasn't, he's barely looked at his child and he hasn't looked at his child not in the context of a mermaid the whole time. He hasn't even talked to him not in the context of a mermaid. So the the flippity flop when he, when that mermaid, when he loses the mermaid and he's upset about it, but Jess, you know, he gains a son, if you will. Um <laughs> He seems to take it pretty he well. He gains his own son. He gains his own son because he loses a, the mermaid he never had. Um, and uh, I was like, this is a great wrap-up. I mean, it's hard to believe that he wouldn't further reject Jess uh, for cutting the mermaid loose. But It was, uh, it was the most surprising was- thing because our usual bad dads would have, like almost killed their own son or something themselves to get this mm-hmm. mermaid. Like... They do anything. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's it's tough out there. And and he tells that very sad story about that Norwegian oceanologist who took that uh, mermaid picture. Uh, oh, yeah. And, uh, was rejected I... by all of his colleagues, I think. But that wasn't a real mermaid, Lizzie. Oh, that's he, right. He knows that that was a fake one. It's clearly just a scuba diver, but he's seen the real mermaid. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, yep, it definitely wasn't just a picture of the same woman they have playing the mermaid, but backlit. <laughs> it's definitely oh, not Oh, wow. Yeah. Do we miss anything? Do you guys have any? I mean, we're going to have to do a the you know we're gonna ask hunter how much he wants the d but have we have we missed anything egregious in this movie i don't think so i think like we've covered pretty much everything yeah the only thing i will say is maybe we haven't talked enough about sam oh yeah of course yes you're right mostly just that he she brings him a gift for his birthday cody a gift and it's just a picture of herself. <laughs> and then and then she does that classic, like, kids in movies thing of, and then here's your other gift. And she just closes her eyes and, like, puckers her lips but doesn't mm-hmm. move. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so mm-hmm. then he's like, oh, like, this is, this is not how anyone ever has kissed. <laughs> like, Well, she's clearly not... Uh not as knowledgeable about it as she maybe wants to believe. Right. It was cute. It was cutely. She, yeah. She's, yeah. Tr- she's trying to get her first kiss from Cody. Right. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, poor Courtney Draper, who again, of the young actors went on to have like the biggest career for sure. She's still working mostly as a voice actress now. Like, for the one note they give her, she plays it throughout the movie. The, clearly, the director said, you are into Cody. You like him. And she's like, got it. And uh, <laughs> there is not a shot where she is not like gazing at him the way that a 13-year-old girl would look at uh, you know, a Teen Beat magazine or 
Um, mm-hmm. uh, in, an in sync poster. I'm trying to think of other mm-hmm. uh, timely references for when this movie came out. <laughs> that's all true. That's all. That's all correct. And we get two kisses in this movie, which is two more than normal. Well, the first one, he electrocutes her. He does. So it's not a real kiss, I think, is what they're suggesting. I see, I see. I think their lips do touch. Absolutely. So. They do. I mean, That's how he yeah. electrocutes her. Yes, I thought so. <laughs> because as I... we said, inexplicably, one of his mermaid powers is electricity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Yeah, because eels, yeah, eels, right. you guys. At least they eels. attempt to oh, connect of course. with electric eels. The sticking, right. the, the wall crawling. And the, the, like, yes, wall crawling we, we got nothing. That comes yeah. from nothing, yeah. Yeah, that's a good point, yeah. That's just straight up fire. Is it so. like, is it has to be like a binacle? Like what? Oh, I nailed um. it. There you go. <laughs> it could be. Something like, yeah, oh, I don't really know. Starfish. Starfish. Ah, yeah. Yeah, suction. Like he's, oh, like, like it's the like. Suction. suction. Oh. Or like an octopus or something. Yeah, do you think on that yeah. same idea, like if he loses an arm, he'll just grow another one right back? Mm-hmm. That is something I would have liked to see. That mm-hmm. would have been very entertaining. And they read, <laughs> and they read that... this. Um, yeah. And, you know, Inevitably. it's a PG-13 rating. We can see that. That would be where... Big John Wheatley has taken Cody out into the water. Cody wakes up and Big John Wheatley is like, you know what? I'm not going to kill you to do this. So he just like (laughs) cuts his arm off and throws it into the water. And he's like, that'll attract him. And then Cody's like, hey, fuck you. And regrows it up and punches him in the face. (laughs) Disney, if you're listening, I am free to write this for you. you are. (laughs) I, that was much better than what I was going to say, which was simply that him losing an arm and some accident growing it back is the thing that happens um, when he's very little, that the parents become aware that maybe oh, their that, child... Oh, that's good, too. That's good, too. No, I like that he goes his arm off and immediately uses it to punch Big John in the face. That's that's superior to my idea, but thank you. You're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> um, well... I, I think, think we uh, it. I think the only question we have left is do we want this D? Lizzie? Yeah. How, how you feel? I do. I do, and here's how much I do. Um there's a lot of things I could pick, but um the little things that um again I, I think they may have been imp- improvised moments with the coach. The coach, as he gets stressed out, the swim coach, he says he just babbles. And, like, when he's trying to get the kids to, like, you know, Cody's never at the meets. He's always, like, late. So he's stressed out. And he's trying to get the kids to, like, you know, sit down or go to their go to the starting block or whatever. One thing he says is, whoever touches the wall first wins. <laughs> Which is great. Like, <laughs> didn't know that. In, ca- in case it wasn't says, clear. Then he says, about three minutes after that, he says, winners don't lose. Just as fast as you can. <laughs> He's trying to tell Sean to like just go as fast as he can. Like that's his advice. Um, <laughs> I thought those were amazing. And then and then when Cody shows up the very first time, you know when he almost swims in his shoes, he says, oh, "Ready to give me a mitocardial infarction." So, oh wow, 
great. You guys don't remember when he said, ready to give me a mitocardial infarction? I clearly was not listening to him that closely. I couldn't, I couldn't take my eyes away from him. I was, <laughs> he had amazing stage presence. Wow. I think yeah. I want to see as much as the woman on their boat tour who was complaining that for $5, I expect much more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's so, $5.99 money. So that's, that's still like, not very much for a boat tour in 1999 like inflation is not that much (laughs) i don't know i thought it was like a like a thousand dollars in 2020 money no that's what i heard well in 2020 money yes uh okay yeah i feel like at most that'd be like paying 20 dollars for something and i'm like i mean yeah sure you could complain about it but I'm not going to be like, for $20, I expect much more. I mean, it's $20. <laughs> well, look who just has $20 to spend on a boat tour. Must be nice. <laughs> I mean, that's, yeah, that's, that's how much it costs to go to a lot of movie theaters around here. So, yeah. And I have yeah. paid that much money for a lot of terrible movies. <laughs> that's a good point. She was great. I liked her a lot. She was really laying into Cody, which is great because he's 12 and he can really control how the ship is not working and that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Hunter, (sighs) do you have a a rating for us? Do I want this D? Um, You know, yeah, this is one that definitely lived a better life in my memory. (laughs) And because revisiting it, like, for what it was and at its time, uh, it was actually pretty solid, you know, for like, a, especially an early DCOM, uh, only coming out in 99, like, you know, this is pretty, this is pretty good. But because of like the genre that it sort of exists in, as I said, like it, the beats that are in this movie have now been done and done so well on like such a big level in so many movies only a few years after this came out that really I can't see any reason I would ever rewatch it. Um, mm-hmm. Even for mm-hmm. like, it doesn't even have any like camp factor enough like that, that, that yeah. makes it like can't be fun to return to. It's, yeah. a, it's pretty earnest and takes itself seriously uh, enough that like it works for what it's trying to do, but it has just been, surpassed uh in in its sort of you know coming of age superpower teen dramedy um but yeah i uh, unless now what now if we were to say again get like a modern reboot of this uh i'm all for it let's let's see it let's get um merman boy like what what's the superhero name gonna be like this is I mean, Aquaman made a billion dollars at the global box office. Like, there's no reason <laughs> Disney should be sleeping on the 13th year. It's Timothy, first of all, that we cast. Do you agree? Uh, absolutely. And okay. um, um, Yeah, so in this case, he's no longer whenever he turns 13, right? Because, like, yes. we, have to, we, <laughs> right. Have to, we have to age it up. So it's like he's turning 18. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I yeah. have a question. Do we think this is a prequel to The Shape of Water? 
had that oh, thought. No. <laughs> had that thought, Dean? <laughs> I wish I didn't, you. but I did. Okay. <laughs> I do think that could be Cody that they have in the tank. It's oh, Cody as an adult. Yeah. Well, that some some other big John type saw Cody and he caught him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Then, or it's Cody's grand. I think if we want to keep it, it must chronological, be Cody's grandfather, Cody. right? Yes, yeah. Cody's grandfather. Yeah. Oh. Yep. There you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, so, and that's so thirteenth that year is the sequel. He made, it, he made it with a human. Yeah. Just to be clear, you get, you get a uh, this, is, this is all fun and good, but yeah, we're 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 talking about two different creatures here. All right. Like, not to get all <laughs> big John Wheatley on you too, uh, right. and Mer and Merman explain to you. But Merfolk <laughs> and Creature from the Black Lagoon, they're totally different. Cre- yeah. We're talking saltwater versus freshwater mythical creatures, <laughs> all right? <laughs> Andrew, you're exactly right, and I'm embarrassed. I'm embarrassed that I As said a mermaid I expert, Lizzie, uh, you should yeah. be. <laughs> yeah. I, but I'm a mermaid expert. I'm not a cryptid aquatic cryptid true i do come from the swampland so creatures from the black lagoon are more like my forte like yeah yeah if i together for my story like if i were like cody i would not be turning into a merman i would i would become the creature from shape of water (laughs) interesting much to think about i'm glad we can leave the listeners with something to chew on you know yeah, you certainly so, gave me something to think about that so I, many, I, I so love many that just... both of you went there and like that never crossed my mind but i guarantee <laughs> you i that's all i'll be thinking about for the rest of the mm-hmm. you know we're yeah. just all about leaving you with some extremely strong visuals that will never leave your head <laughs> like that that is what we're here for you mm-hmm. thought it was a fun decom podcast? No. Creature from the Black Lagoon fucks a person. What do we get? Yeah. <laughs> Truly, I'm... you are the Guillermo del Toro's of podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> or may I even deign to say the Dwayne Dunham's of podcasting. Thank you. That's wow. what I was thinking. That, yeah, that's closer. That is High praise. a true yeah. compliment. <laughs> I mean every word of it. <laughs> all uh, right so i think fun. we will leave it there um thank you hunter thank you for thank having you. me again i do you yeah. have anything to, to plug Ooh. uh wear a mask socially distance <laughs> and you know talk to your doctor don't and get a vaccine whenever it's uh, it's available let's mm-hmm you know, and oh. if and if and if you're thirsty, like drink water, but like a normal amount. Uh, and if you find yourself drinking a lot of water, then again, see a doctor. You may be dehydrated. You're probably yeah. not a mer person, or you could be. You you may have rabies, mm-hmm. and you yeah, know, as... it's probably not COVID, but it could be that you're a mer person. There I think go. it's more likely. Either yeah. way, you should see a doctor either just go to the doctor that's Mm -hmm. that's the advice that's the advice behind the advice of course maybe you can't afford a doctor because of the bourgeois capitalist existence that we all live in and that's really Mm -hmm. what 13th year was all about yeah uh tied it back in at the end you have to see it through a marxist socialist Mm -hmm. lens you have to read the text Mm -hmm. through that and then it 
make sense. All right. Uh, Great. (laughs) You can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. The links for all of those are in the description for this podcast. Please rate and review us wherever you are currently listening to this. Um, Yeah, and email us at talkingbythed at gmail.com with any comments, requests, or questions. And we will be glad to answer all of those. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. But we'll see you in a month. Otherwise. That's that's right. All right. Thanks again, Hunter. We will finish it there. Goodbye. Goodbye.